Hello there. You are listening to episode 6 of the Honey Badger Diaries. Taiwan is a small island 100 meters, no, 100 miles off the coast of China. Uh, and it's been able to keep the coronavirus out of the country pretty well. Not entirely, but fairly well. I've seen people describe it as the safest place on earth or the gold standard of dealing with um, the corona crisis. So I definitely want to have someone from Taiwan on the show. I don't know anyone from Taiwan myself. But I had someone um, reply to one of my tweets. This someone was David Xiao. I probably totally mispronounced that. David is his name. AKA the crypto godfather on Twitter. And he's the CEO of Block Journal. Uh, he grew up in the States. He's based in Beijing, but he has been in Taipei, the capital of Taiwan, for the past two months or so. So um, he's he's been witnessing uh, basically the whole corona crisis from the start from Taiwan. So I discussed the situation with him over there. Um, I think that's all you need to know before, uh, before we get to the actual interview. I, I'll probably try to get, get this intro talks keep them a little bit short uh i uh, you're probably just here for the interview aren't you so okay so you'll uh, you'll hear my new intro tune and then the interview will start these are the honey badger diaries the honey badger diaries hello david how are you hi i'm good thanks for uh, having me on yeah thanks for being on you're the crypto godfather on twitter you're, yeah, that's me. You're the first. Uh, you're the first person on my show that I haven't met in real life, actually. But you're uh, in Taipei right now in Taiwan, and I definitely want yes, to. Yes, I'm currently, someone. currently in Taipei. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's glad glad we can still meet under these uh, under these circumstances. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're the first person on my show that I haven't met in real life. We we don't know each other, but you responded to one of my tweets. And uh, I definitely want to have someone from uh, Taiwan or you're in Taiwan at the moment. Definitely want to have someone from Taiwan because I've been hearing uh, Taiwan been talked about as like uh, the safest place on earth right now and uh, kind of the gold standard of how to deal with uh, with this kind of situation. So I'm, I'm very interested to hear this perspective from someone who's in Taiwan right now. Um, can you walk us through, I, I usually start my, these episodes with, uh, let's first get over the past couple of weeks. Like what has been the story so far in Taiwan? Um, let me, let me first start by prefacing. I'm not a, I'm in no way a medical expert. These are, all, and uh, these are all just from my own, my own, uh, I've been following the coronavirus situation. Sure. And uh, also before, before I start, thank you for uh, having me on. I responded because it's been quite a quite a boring time in uh, quarantine and lockdown, and uh, it's good to it's good to I always like to connect with people across the world. Um, so with Taiwan, Taiwan, I've been here for <clears throat> I've been for eight weeks now. I came here originally in uh, January on January twenty third, I think, to to spend the uh, Chinese New Year holiday here. Um, came over from Beijing to Taiwan, and originally I was planning to leave on February fifth. Um, I remember started hearing more about the virus in early, early January. 
Taiwan, uh, right now, it's more about Taiwan. It's, uh, we've got about 250 cases here, uh, which is, which is uh, mostly from the last, actually about 100 more cases came in from the last week or so, actually mostly in the last few days because um, Taiwan's, about, ta Taiwan's about to issue a countrywide lockdown on travel for only, uh, only citizens of Taiwan can return to Taiwan. So uh, after that announcement, a lot of people started, of course, flew in from various places across the world. And that's it, it. Brought in a lot more cases, but uh, each 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 person coming in from uh, overseas has to go through a 14-day quarantine. It's a mandatory quarantine. <clears throat> it's very serious. And uh, but before before these last few days, uh, the situation was quite quite relaxed here. Uh, very seems very safe. People people are going out out and about in the town in the city. They're still going out to bars and lounges, restaurants uh, every day life was very normal there were there were some uh, increased measures as in um anywhere you enter whether it's restaurants or uh, office office building you have to uh take a measure the temperature first <clears throat> and also they'll usually have a uh, hand sanitizer station there where in every single public place whether it's a mall or a uh, restaurant you have to check temperatures before going in and um also everybody everybody here is wearing a mask i know it's not um it's not very prevalent in, especially in the United States, but uh, it seems in Europe and uh, Asia, most people wear masks. But in Taiwan, it's, it's an, um, I would say 90, 99% of people here are wearing masks. Um, people are well aware of the situation. The news and media, every single channel is talking about it every single day. But in general, um, people are quite relaxed, except for the last few days where the cases increased a bit because of incoming travelers. You mentioned you were you, you are in quarantine yourself right now. Is that correct or? No, I'm not in. I'm not in quarantine, but uh, I'm quite a paranoid person when it comes to uh, when it comes to cleanliness. I'm more worried about uh, I'm more worried about contracting it onto my family. Prior to the last few days, before people started flying in, I was uh, still going out not not as regularly as I usually would. But I would go out to uh, meet meet with friends. I would go to an, an office here. Uh, just quite quite normal life, but uh, since the last few days, because of the new incoming uh, flights, I'm not sure about, I'm not certain if um, it's safe yet. So I'm trying to stay in these like, next, at least for the next few days, until the situation is more clear. <clears throat> what does quarantine look like right now? So you enter the country, you have to be in quarantine for two weeks. What does that look like? Hmm. Uh, perfect, you asked because a family member of mine just returned from Canada to Canada to Taiwan. He's currently in day three of quarantine. So uh, right now the procedure is you enter and then you have to get, uh, you get tested for the virus immediately. I believe it takes, uh, the results can come back within 24 hours. And then uh, you enter quarantine by yourself with no, <clears throat> nobody else for 14 days. Um, but this can be, this is uh, slightly looser to what uh, Beijing has in, uh, started right now, where you quarantine in a hotel. But um, in Taiwan right now, you it's it's still quite strict though. You stay you stay at a designated place, and the government will hand you a um, a special mobile phone, and this mobile phone will be uh, they'll call you randomly. Uh, I believe it's once or twice a day. They'll call you, make sure you're home, and they track the uh, mobile phone's locations so that they know that you're not leaving the place. And uh, each so each community will have their. Uh, I guess it's comparable to like a uh, like a community representative 
or uh, kind of like a smaller version of the mayor for each community where they, they, they do the calls every day. They'll make sure people are, people are staying in quarantine. And if you do, if you do leave quarantine or break quarantine at all, at all within the, in the 14 days, um, it's a quite a severe fine. It's a hundred thousand NT, which is equivalent to about 3000 us dollars, uh, just for leaving the door. Um, I believe it's every hour you're out, you get fined that much. And then they have more severe fines where if you endanger the public, it's uh, a million NT, which is about 30,000 US dollars. Um, recently, I'll share with you a couple cases. Um, there was a couple that came back from, uh, I think, I believe it was Spain or somewhere. They came back to Taiwan and they went out, they went out to a, uh, just to hang out outside and they were fined $3,000 per hour. And then uh, another young, another young man, he went to a nightclub here right after returning from Cambodia, left his, um, he left his, I think he left his device, his phone device at home. And that uh, he was fined, he was fined a million um, NT, which is $30,000. So it's quite, it's quite serious. Yeah, for sure. That, that's quite, um, that's quite a lot indeed. Um, I, mm. I've also heard about uh, Taiwan. There's this issue with the World Health Organization because Taiwan is not a member or not part of it because of the China relations. And I, I think what I read is Taiwan tried to war, warn the World Health Organization about human-to-human -human spread and they were ignored because of this, these relations. Do you know anything about this? Um, I, I, do, I do understand this overall situation. The details of whether they warned the WHO or not, I'm not sure. Uh, but with the with that situation, it's basically the, that's that's basically politics on at play. I won't go into dive too much into politics, but uh, it's it's the, it's similar to um, whether Taiwan is recognized as a as a Olympic Olympic country or not. Um, very similar to whether they're recognized as a country in the uh, WHO's eyes. Um, of course, with uh, WHO having such strong support from China, it's and uh, it's tough to it's tough to be considered a, its own independent country. Right. Um, you mentioned this uh, GPS tracking. How do people from Taiwan feel about this? Is this something they're on board with, or is this something the government is imposing against the people's will? Or because I can imagine. I mean, in some countries, it's very controversial, like in Israel right now or in Italy. They're starting to do this kind of stuff, and it's it's quite controversial. How do people in Taiwan feel about it or deal with it? Um, I I feel the I feel people here are completely completely on board with it. It's it I've never heard any complaints about it. In fact, I would say there's full seems like there's full support from it from the community. Um, Taiwan Taiwan just to add on a bit to from what you mentioned about the WHO. Uh, Taiwan's practices. I'm 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 uh, I'm Glad to hear that from from other media outlets that uh, people say Taiwan's doing a good job. I I've been keeping an eye on the media a lot, and uh, Taiwan Taiwan the Taiwanese media is always always praising itself on its um, capabilities with handling the virus. So it's it's interesting to hear that people outside are saying that too. I, it's hard to tell sometimes, but um, Taiwan Taiwan's got quite a good infrastructure for um, the handling of uh, virus outbreaks, especially from especially from um, previous experience in 2003 with SARS. And another, another factor with Taiwan is that um, China, China, China last year closed its, uh, closed all, canceled all visas and banned, travel, banned tourist travel to uh, Taiwan. 
So I think that's had a significant impact on the spread of the virus, in the, especially in the very beginning, um, especially during the Chinese New Year period where there's a lot of travel. So it limited the spread here a lot. And uh, Taiwan acted quickly too by, by banning, banning travelers from China coming in. Um, this was back in January, um, in, including my, uh, my partner who was, who was supposed to come here. She, she was, uh, couldn't come anymore because uh, the flight was, the trip was canceled. Um, back to your question about how Taiwan, the Taiwanese community feels about it. It seems like people are very on board and uh, people condemn or vilify people who do break the quarantine. Uh, it's it's immediately reported in the news whenever somebody does, and people people here really don't don't like when people do that. So I think uh, there's full support for this. Yeah, I was uh, I had Leo Vaisev from uh, Hong Kong on the show the other day, and he also mentioned this the previous SARS outbreak and how that really kind of uh, made a cultural impact. So you would say something similar happened in Taiwan, where where the previous outbreak really made it clear to people that they need to act if something like this happens. That, that is a good summary, right? Oh, most definitely. Um, I, I remember when it was, everything changed very quickly. The first day I arrived here in January, uh, you could still go to 7-Elevens or convenience stores and find uh, multiple, uh, you could buy masks. And then uh, within two or three days is when the pandemic started getting more serious globally. So uh, there were shortages. And now, now the system is the government will issue, I think it's three masks per, per ID every week. So uh, that's how the masks work right now. I, I, I'm just talking about supplies. Toilet paper recently, recently became uh, on short supply here too, which, which surprised me too. Uh, this happened after the, uh, incoming, the new incoming flights. I saw your, uh, or your, or the Taiwanese prime minister, I think, uh, he was encouraging people to hoard or to uh, panic buy or how, however you want to call it. Because, uh, so he was kind of taking the opposite approach from my prime minister, for example. And, and I think a lot of governments where they're telling people not to, uh, not to panic buy, uh, the Taiwanese government was telling people like, yeah, buy as much as you can. That's great for the economy. Go for it which I thought was a very interesting game theoretic sort of way of approaching it. <laughs> I, I didn't really, I didn't really notice that, but I did um, the media, the media has been talking a lot about how people have been uh, hoarding supplies. Now uh, this has only really started in the last two or three days before that there was no, no hoarding at all. Um, I recently went out to, uh, to the store to look for, look for toilet paper for a family here. And uh, they were, they were limiting, limiting now to one bag per, person and uh it was still sold out when i got there so it seems like i think this should this should come down within a few days so yeah do you think a cultural change like wearing masks and all the social distancing and all of that could that happen in the west you think and what would it take? i think this i think this will be this event will be the, the catalyst that starts starts uh this kind of change in culture um even for myself i've i've changed my habits a lot, uh, improved my hygiene habits a lot too, uh, especially with keeping hands clean. I'm very used to wearing a mask all the time now. I know, I know um, the, US, the US has, the CDC has still said that uh, wearing a mask is may not be effective. It's po probably better to only wear a mask if you're, if you're sick or showing symptoms, but um, that's definitely not the case in Asia. It's never been, and I, wearing, wearing a mask is quite, quite common here even before the uh, coronavirus i would i would wear a mask 
whenever the uh, pollution gets bad in Beijing. Um, it's really quite very normal here. So, but I do think that this might change the, it might change the culture of the, how, how everywhere, everywhere reacts to uh, viruses, how people conduct their daily lives. Um, I'm, I, especially with the, uh, the speed that information spreads out today. I think there's a lot of, it's driven a lot of the panic towards this virus too, but I also think that it'll, it'll change people's habits eventually. Yeah. You mentioned uh, the government uh, does GPS tracking for people in quarantine and uh, there are big fines, but there's no lockdowns or anything like that, right? So how light or how heavy is the government touch in Taiwan? Is, is that basically it, what you mentioned before? Um, in terms of in terms of lockdown, like the U.S. or other countries affecting uh, affecting businesses, it's so far there's no there's no other um, there's no other lockdown in terms of businesses or uh, daily life. Uh, not that I've noticed, not that I can recall right now. So so far, it's really just a quarantine, and um, people they are people. Oh, uh, there there also have been limits to the uh, large gatherings. So uh, the government has only suggested to suggested against uh gatherings of too many people i it was either it was either 50 or 500 people i can't remember but uh yeah they, they've suggested recommended people not to host events too large okay but that's not even a ban it's a suggestion yeah it's it's quite it's quite light because the in, in all in reality the each case has been tracked here very very closely and uh i believe i do generally believe it's quite safe compared to a lot of places um every day since the beginning of the outbreak, each case was each case could be tracked to where they were infected from, uh, who they came in contact with, which places they'd gone to in the in the period of those days. So uh, it was quite quite clear. They would name each case by number, like a case thirty-seven, case thirty-eight. Um, so the containment has been quite good here. So I think the government government has also been um, as giving people as much freedom as possible in this time. But um, who knows? I, I hope it doesn't change anytime soon, but it, it could if the situation gets worse. Yeah, you did mention there's a lot of new cases in the last couple of days, or at least 100. And most of them are imported. Did I understand that correctly? Uh, I believe all of them are, almost all of them are imported. There hasn't, there hasn't been any, uh, there's been very little what they call a community spread here, where it's uh, where you don't know where it came from. It's, it's so far each case has been tracked, and uh, they've all come from overseas so far. People returning back to Taiwan. Yeah. So, what do you expect will be the will, what will the next couple of weeks look like, if if you had to speculate? Uh, mm. Well, I've been I've been uh, in the same situation for eight weeks so far, and. Uh, not much has changed uh, at all throughout these eight weeks. It's been relatively the same. Life has been the same. There's been very few new rules, new rules, and um, new rules made. But I do think, if uh, the only thing that would change that is if the uh, the virus starts spreading to more, if the cases, in fact, number of infected cases grow, and if there is uh, more evidence of community spread where it's not contained anymore, then it's uh, very likely that we could go into a lockdown state where only uh, essential businesses are staying open. Right now, it's, um, there's already been discussion for a possible lockdown, but it doesn't seem like, uh, at least for the next week or two, I don't know. But with the difficult thing with the viruses, it's hard to, it's hard to predict because one, one case can easily turn into hundreds within, within a couple of weeks' time. Right. Um, what do you think all this means for Bitcoin? Bitcoin. Uh, that's a 
that's what I've been watching. The other thing I've been watching every day. Um, so Bitcoin, uh, what was, I, I was, I knew this was, I knew the virus was already, the pandemic was already um, hitting, hitting the population back in early January. And this was before, before the, um, the global media really started picking up on it. So that's when I started, but even, even myself then, I didn't, I didn't uh, predict how serious it was going to be. So I had, uh, starting from there, I had no idea the effect it would have on Bitcoin. But uh, the day that the day that the U.S. Uh, I believe Trump announced closures to borders from uh, closures from flights to Europe to and from Europe, that's when um, Bitcoin had that big, the big crash, uh, and then the stock market crashed with it. So I think it's been an interesting time. It's it's really it's really a interesting. It was bad that it cra- crashed, but it was a great time to look at the Bitcoin markets and look at this event in time as a uh, as evidence of where we're going to be in the future. So. Um, some people recently have been starting to talk about decoupling, decoupling from uh, Bitcoin, decoupling from the stock markets, from the traditional financial markets. But uh, there's been very little evidence of that up until a couple of days ago, where uh, there was a little bit of a little bit of a inverse correlation. But other than that, there's been no real evidence. So I don't, I'm I'm not going to say it's going to be going up anytime soon um, to to the degree that people hope for. But I do think there's a I do strongly think there's a small chance that with what's going on in the U.S., what's going on globally, with the uh, I think I do think there's going to be a recession for the next uh, next half a year at least, um, especially with the U.S. now printing printing money and uh, injecting money into the economy, trying to fix this situation. Six six trillion dollars uh, six trillion dollars entering the economy. Um, this might something like this might just be the catalyst that. Uh, Bitcoin needs if people if people start gravitating towards buying investing in Bitcoin. But I do think right now <clears throat> it's it's still too small compared to the uh, compared to any other financial market. Um, people right now are just starting to worry. Uh, they're just starting to panic. They're worried about their paychecks. They're worried about their families. They're worried about their health. And uh, I think investing in Bitcoin is far from the priority in their minds right now. But seeing what seeing what's happened in Asia, um, it's been about two months since the beginning of the outbreak, of so almost three months already, and people have relatively calmed down in most of uh, China, Taiwan, Korea, even Japan. Um, it's quite pe- people's mentality have have calmed down. And I think with the markets, with the world markets so so uh, uncertain right now, and so at such a low point, it, after people relax a little bit. It could be it could be a time for people to start looking at the investment investments again. Where to park their money, whether it's in gold, Bitcoin, um, stocks again, uh, going for the buy, buying low stocks. But I think Bitcoin uh, could be one of those options. I hope it is because if we get another situation like um like in 2013 in Cyprus when the banks the banks shut down and uh, people couldn't get their money out, that that was a catalyst that sent Bitcoin very uh, I, I believe is 100 um, percent. But then the market was very small back then. Today, Bitcoin's a lot more well-known. Um, information spreads a lot faster. Maybe, maybe Bitcoin's the channel that people look to. Uh, I think there's a small chance, not a large chance. All right. David, Mr. Crypto Godfather, thanks a lot for your time. Oh, thank you. And, uh, and uh, stay, uh, stay safe over there. And- yeah, you too. Easy for you. <laughs> Cheers.
Take care.